Good afternoon everyone and welcome to another episode of Wake Up Monday. I hope you are well and thank you so much for joining with me today. So the purpose of today's session as you can see from this title is focused around a moment of reflection. And it's just basically to expand upon what we've covered so far and basically start embarking into your journey of building and fortifying your spiritual foundation with of course the reward of building that close relationship with God as his child in his kingdom. So my motivation behind today's session was logically inspired by Psalms 48 from verses 8 to 10 and of course I'll be following the NET version. And the verse kind of imprinted onto me how mighty God is. And he's such a loving God. His power is beyond our imagination. Yet he continues to protect his children, as in us, and provide us with the tools to find him because he is waiting. So the least we can do is take out some time today and study and meditate upon the scriptures as they will lead to our salvation. So to start with, into this process let's look closely at psalms 27 verse 4 and it kind of reminds us why it's so important to embark into this process because we want to live at the splendor of god's grace in his kingdom so how do we begin for me i start with reflection what does reflection mean to you well if it was up to me reflection means two things it means to contemplate and evaluate my journey with God so that I may know what areas of my life require spiritual intervention. And for me, the key word here is to contemplate. And according to Mary Webster, it means to view or consider with continued attention. So, hold that thought. And of course, my second point when it comes to what reflection means to me is being honest with myself about whether I wholeheartedly submit to God's will. Of course, the, the key word here is honesty. And a, and again, from Webster, it means free from fraud or deception. Of course, these are two mutually exclusive approaches, I would say, when it comes to reflection. But let's see how the Bible interprets this, especially as we embark upon this process. So, related to the first part, to contemplate. So, if we look at Psalms 1, it elegantly illustrates how this process of contemplation instills God's standards for us. If we look closely at verse 2, it says that we must find delight in this process as it reflects your commitment. Because again, if we look at Mary Webster, it means continued attention. Related this to our salvation and leading a godly life, it means it's a lifelong commitment. To God, so the act of reading and studying your Bible alone is just a precursor to this revelation and to this process. In fact, if we look closely in the footnotes of NET in this same verse, it states, if especially if we look at the Hebrew translation, so the linguistic meaning behind uh, why it uses uh, obey rather than study, it says that uh, his light is in the law of the Lord. In light of the following line, which focuses on studying the Lord's line, law, one might translate that he finds pleasure in studying the Lord's commands. However, even if one translates the line this way, it is important to recognize that means study and intellectual awareness are not ultimately what bring divine favor. Wow. 
In fact, it further states that the correct attitudes and behavior that should result from an awareness of and a commitment to God's moral will. And of course, Elasia states that the reason why obey is used rather than study is there's a much more deeper meaning. Studying is just a precursor. The actual continued attention not only to God's law, but to his will, is a lifelong commitment that just cannot be translated through just having an intellectual awareness of it. You need to actually act upon it. And of course, you cannot rely on your own understanding of the word, because God's will, the word, especially if we look at the scriptures, is unambiguous. And we know this. As the Bible has commanded us again, especially if we look at Proverbs 3, verse 5, not to rely on our own understanding of the Bible. As I've stated before, the Bible is unambiguous. God's words are clear. In fact, it says so is referred in Philippians 4, 7, that the grace of God surpasses all understanding. Imagine. Meaning that the understanding of the world cannot even capture God's understanding. Because if we look at um, Corinthians, I believe, yes, First uh, Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 8 in the NET's versions, it actually says that the wisdom of God came even before the beginning of time, before humanity, before we build all these structures that determined our laws, our leaders, our institutions, and society as we know it today. So it seems almost insulting to use that knowledge to determine our understanding of God's will, when even his wisdom, his understanding, even went beyond what we know today, especially when we talk about intellectual and so forth. Wow. In fact, if we look as well at James 3.17, it says it quite bluntly that the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and not hypocritical wow imagine and this makes sense especially if we look at how intellectuals and how you developed over the centuries especially after the renaissance period there's a lot of contradictory there's a lot of like opposing sides schools of thought there isn't one coherent intellectual thoughts for example if we talk about politics or if we talk about uh, society the role of the government in society and so forth there is no one school of thoughts in fact unlike this kind of intellectualism like if you look at the bible we know especially from genesis to revelation there's only one god has just one direction you know the same thing when jesus came up he created a movement amongst all of the chaos that, w- that uh, was happening around the time one movement with the same message about god's kingdom about our salvation with the hope of entering the kingdom of heaven wow so back to the second part so of course the concept of honesty honesty especially in your moment of reflection ensures that you hold yourself accountable to god's will we want to determine our righteousness through his eyes not our own as we often deceive ourselves that we are righteous according to the standards of the world but as we've caused before god's understanding god's knowledge supersedes all of that because his 
was even before the beginning of time before the the life that were as we know before the great civilizations that happened in early um human history god's knowledge surpasses all of that he was the beginning the alpha so it's very important that as Proverbs 16 verses 2 states that the only standard we should recognize is God's standards. So be honest with yourself. Just like Job said in verse in chapter 31 verse 6 of the NAT, weigh yourself with the scales of righteousness so that you may know your integrity to God. Wow. Because these scales, they're honest. They reveal the truth. This The decision will be just as we have a merciful God who is a source of truth. And if we all want to call ourselves his children, we have to worship him according to John chapter 4.23 in spirit and in truth. So, I implore you to have your moment of reflection with the scriptures. I hope that these scriptures will motivate you to embark on this path of righteousness wholeheartedly with no reservations. As we serve a loving God, he wants the best for his children. Through his scriptures, we have learned how he has already prepared for us to embark on this path of righteousness so that we may all live in the splendor of his grace. So let me leave you with this. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22, of course, on the NET version, it says that insight is like a life-given fountain to the one who possesses it. But folly leads to the discipline of fools. So take your moment of reflection after this session and let me know how it has impacted you. And with that, I'd like to end today's session. God bless you and have a blessed week. Thank you.